Welcome to Trained Up, a podcast where we train up in the Word so that we may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. My name is Luke, a seminary student and aspiring pastor, and with me as always is my mom. That's right, I trained him up. So this week we are looking at Philippians 4.13. Why are we looking at that this week? Well, uh, we're looking at that because it's probably one of the misused verses, most misused verses in the Bible. Um, It's just applied to everything, and it really shouldn't be. But I will say, I feel it's like also one of the most encouraging verses in the Bible. What do you think about that, Luke? I also think it's encouraging, but we'll get into, into why that is as we discuss probably the application of the verse. Um, but let's read it. Let's read it before we get into it. So Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Okay, so when people misuse this... Mm-hmm. How do they misuse this? What do they what do they use it for? What are they saying? What do they want what do people want this verse to be communicating? I mean, I really feel like people just apply it across the board. Like, you know, I can do all things because I can fly if I want to. I can uh I can accomplish anything. I can accomplish anything even if it's not you know, godly. I'm just I can do it all. I think people just want to be able to do what they want to do. And so they apply this verse just across the board. So if you're struggling with anything, it's like, what do they call that? That positive self-thinking, self-talk. I can do all things. I can do all things. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't even add the second part of the verse. They just say, I can do all things. I don't know about that one, but... (laughs) I've heard that. I've heard, like, they're just assuming the rest like they they assume that you know the rest so they're like i can do all things but i think it's important to add that second part of the verse yeah because it's kind of key well yeah that's the only way you can do this yeah i i mean in the competition of what is the most tattooed bible verse in history i mean this has got to be top five and at least if not the most tattooed bible verse i've ever seen i've seen so many of these tattoos yeah i've seen at least five i know at least five people five people with these in your life have yes, this tattoo five people in my life i'm saying this and i'm leaving it in because you're looking at me like i'm crazy five people in your life have this tattoo yeah i i don't know anyone really with this tattoo i do you know a lot of people with tattoos that might be the problem okay. well here we go my generation doesn't have a lot of tattoos. This is a lie. Your people don't have tattoos. No, my generation. No. no. We have, okay, we have fewer no. tattoos than your generation. I will agree to that. The only reason you don't have a tattoo is because you don't like pain. You're right. I'm scared. I am a chicken. That is why I don't have tattoos. Which also might be the reason I don't have tattoos at this point. But I'm saying... Get a big old that, face tattoo. Ouch. I'm saying generationally. So this is why I don't know anybody with this, this tattoo. So now that you're done coming at my generation for apparently having too many tattoos. I'm not coming at your generation. I'm saying generationally mm. it's a bigger thing now than it was when I was young. Maybe. I didn't know a whole lot of people getting tattoos when I was young, especially Bible verses tattoos, but maybe that's because I was traveling in the wrong circles. Well, I will say probably in your childhood, 
people who would get a a Bible verse tattooed would not get a tattoo. Right. Because, like... It was taboo. It's kind of recent that we've been like, maybe tattoos are fine. Right. Anyway, what I'm trying to communicate with this tattoo thing is that this is, like, this is used more as, like, a proverb or a maxim of society in the way that you're saying. In Like, people are taking it to say, I can be an Olympic swimmer. You can't, though. Well, you can if you know how to swim and you've trained and you've worked at it. Yeah. You know, God's given you those gifts. But me, personally, I'm not waking up tomorrow and saying I can do all things through him who gives me strength and I'm not going to go to the pool. I can't even stick my head under the water. That's true. That is unfortunately very true. But that you. is how people apply it. Yeah, that's how. That's what people use it for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if trouble comes, like let's say some trouble is coming my way, somebody says something against me uh, and speaks out against me or whatever, I can say, listen, I don't care what they say about me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you're saying that's not related to what the verse is saying. I'm not saying that. You asked okay. me how people are using it. That is how people are using it. Yeah. Okay. It's like someone's coming against you. It's kind of a, you know what, I'll show you response. Like, you say I can't do this. Well, guess what? Oh. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, so you're saying they're using it kind of in like a backbiting way. They're right, like, right. Okay. I'll show you. Yeah, I'll get you. Well, I'm not going to get you, My but I'm going to show you sure. that I can do whatever you say I can't do. Okay. Okay, yeah. No, I get that. That's... Like a prideful way. Yeah. And that's uh, not very consistent with the rest of what the Bible tells us about pride. So that's probably not a great way to take this verse. No, but it's how people use it. Yeah. I think it's... you. Got, I mean, those are the biggest ways I've heard it used yeah. is... Listen, I can do anything, really. Literally, I can do anything because of this verse. Yeah. And then also, really, you say I can't do something? Well, I'll show you. Mm. Yeah. Because I can do all things. Do. Then you just stop it there. I, yeah. Uh, the second part is the only active part of the, the verse. So we need that. But I get what, I get what people, I get what you're saying. People stop it there because they're implying the rest of it. But I think this is a shifty way to really say what you're not saying. Which is? Or, I, I think you are saying. I think when people use it that way, they are saying, I can do all things. No, that's what I'm saying. They're, they're like, it's like a, it's a cover of yeah. that. And then if you press that, they would immediately be like, oh, well, of no, course. you know the rest of the verse. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, so let's get into the context. My yeah, what is the context? Always. So Philippians, it's another letter. We talked about a letter last week. This is another letter um, from Paul. It's another Pauline letter. Um, Paul is writing to the Philippian church. On the whole, this is one of the more positive letters from Paul. He doesn't have a lot that he's chastising the Philippians about. He He's really thankful that they're doing so well and that they are striving the faith so well. And... Maybe as a result of that, Philippians is kind of a really scattered letter. So he just likes to, he touches on a lot of different things in this letter. Um, and 
in kind of a weird way for Paul, it's not in really any particular order either, which actually helps this, I think, is one of the problems that can help this book be lead people into this proof texting kind of thing, which is where you take a verse and you just take that and you use it to prove something. Kind of like we're saying is being done with this verse. Because it's so scattered, it's easier to do that with. Because the context itself doesn't quite help shore up like the meaning quite as well as it would in Romans or 1 Corinthians like we talked about last week. It doesn't quite help you as much. So it's more of a scattered book, but Paul is still the author and we're definitely still we're still talking about the deeper things of theology. Paul gets into those deeper things in all of his letters because he's writing to churches to believers, people who should be more mature in the faith, and these people he obviously believes are. And so he believes they'll be able to understand him rightly. All of that to say, the immediate verses preceding this verse are vital to this verse. Because, ripped out of its context, as Dr. Bakken would say, kicking and screaming, you could apply this verse. Like, I can get up one day and I want to be an Olympic swimmer. I want to, you know, I want to be a professional basketball player. Whatever. I want to put a cape on and I will be Superman. Yes. You you could say that. Like, you could say, well, that's what this verse means. And then, if I'm trying to be critical, right, if I'm, if I'm critical of Scripture, then I'll say, well, hey, this says I can do all things, but clearly I can't. Right. And so Scripture can't be true. Right? right. So either way, we could get off into the weeds here. So I'll just read um, just verses 10 through our verse. Okay. So just those four verses, um, just so we have the whole context as we go into that, that section. So verse 10 says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Now that I'm speaking, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And so, there's a huge difference, right? And you can feel that. Even if I just read verse 12, right? There's a huge difference. If I read you verses 12 and 13 and said, what does it mean? And if I just read you verse 13 and said, what does it mean? We can... Like, we can see where we've gotten off the track here. Right, right. Because verse 12 is so vital to what Paul's saying in verse 13. I would say that's true, for sure. Um, what's after it? After it says, um, Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble, and you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. So this is the last part of Philippians, and he's going to start closing his letter. And what he's going to do right after it, and actually it's what he started to do in 10 and 11, is is thank them for their their willingness and their their aid to him on his missionary journeys. As he does what? Spreads the gospel. Right. I think that's really important here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I well, it think... is sandwiched in between there, right? So Correct. this is clearly part of yeah, that. Yeah, so I think the after and the closing is important uh, as you follow up this verse as well. Um, because sure. 
I believe that that is key to even understanding this verse. You know, what what kinds of things can I do? It, it's really, these things are falling under the will of God. So the will of God is for him to spread the gospel. And that's important. It's, to me, that's that's the some of the all things. You know what I mean? That's That's one of the things that's included there. So it's not only about being content in all circumstances, which is the verse directly before, but it's about literally doing all things under the will of God. And the will of God for Paul is that he is spreading the gospel. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's, that's important as well. Yeah. You know, the whole section sure. is also about spreading the gospel and the closing after. And you know, one of the, so one of the things that I think is really interesting about this verse in its context that, that we don't I, that hardly ever gets talked about. I'm sure it's preached on when this verse is preached on, but but we don't usually talk about it in connection with this verse. Is what Paul is so Paul is saying. Usually, even when we're trying to interpret it rightly, we say, "Oh, I can go through hard things. I can endure hardships. I can get through." calamities whether they be personal or or so like broader than that i can get through things but paul not only paul has placed on that same level wealth and abundance so on the same level as prison and hardships and hunger is prosperity and wealth and he's saying i can endure all of these things I can endure both the highest and the lowest because of Christ. And there's something that the this phrasing is stra- sounds strange to me. And like I think most people ears will prick up at that because we're like why why does he have to why is he saying he has to endure good things? Why is he saying he has to endure wealth, prosperity? Well, that makes total sense to me. Abundance. Okay. Why does that make sense to you? Cuz this does because it, when I say it doesn't make sense to me, it's not that I don't understand what he's saying. Right. It's that that I think my natural inclination, and I think a lot of people's natural inclination, is why would that need to be endured? That's like a, that's a good. I think it's about persevering through that, um, having abundance, having wealth and prosperity. Um, you don't necessarily know it till you're there but once you're there there are a whole slew of temptations that come with that that you don't necessarily have when you're not wealthy and prosperous there are a whole lot of um there's a there's a intense loneliness also that comes with that because you're never you know really sure are people my friends because of my wealth or are people you know loving me and are my friends because of you know they like me so there's and and then there's a whole lot of temptation with pride you know i'm you fall more easily i think into well i've i've earned this i've worked hard for this i'm you know very worth having all of this uh and even pride in that well god must be just blessing me because i'm really doing well and he's really happy with me and so he's just blessing the socks off of me you know with wealth so i think there are temptations that come along with that that he's saying 
you really need to persevere and you really need to fight through um, because it's a battle that's a sin battle that doesn't exist when you don't have the wealth and when you don't have the prosperity uh, at at that degree you know it just it's it's more difficult it's more difficult I think yeah to fight the pride and to fight those those sure. temptations of uh, yeah that are just coming at you that wouldn't necessarily come at you if you didn't have the prosperity and the wealth yeah temptations to overspend temptations to become more selfish in your you know spending and more self-focused in your thinking and then obsessed with money and now all of a sudden we're you know idolizing money so i think that's i think there are there's a perseverance that comes with that too that's how i interpret that yeah and i would interpret it the same way um i think two things one is Paul is saying that it really this is one thing, but Paul's saying that that the height and the and the depth are equivalently hard to yeah. to go through. Right. And on the one hand, we can say I choose the height. Can I can I pick one? Because that feels better for us. We think that's better. Um, on the other hand, I think that. One of the things that it does suggest is that these circumstantial things don't make life easier. No. They don't. This is not the answer to to our issue is to solve these circumstantial problems of where we stand in society, whether that be in like a what is my title way or how much money do I have? You know, what kind of house do I live in? Mm -hmm. You know, no matter what way, that's not the answer to... That doesn't make it easier necessarily, and I I think that Paul equating that is helpful because I think that uh, either side of this line will throw no matter and no matter where you are on the line really even if you're close to the middle of this of this mm-hmm. split we like to throw dirt at whoever we think is on the opposite side of that line right because from the from the the kind of we'll say more destitute side, the the poorer side, the less fortunate side. We would you're like you'll throw things, say like, oh yeah, Crimea River. You have all this, you know, all these things, and you're lonely, right? But the you know the the other side will throw back like, well, you don't do anything. I worked hard for that, like mm-hmm. you know, and so we sling dirt at each other like this. But and Paul saying this seems to be like, no, they're both hard, mm-hmm. and that and that's like, there's there's something that I think we can remember, then in both situations, no matter where we stand, and before but before we start slinging those insults and that dirt at, at other people, to think about. You know how what spot they're in and how that's affecting them, and how that might be, you know, something we should think about before right. we start attacking. So, would you say then that this verse is primarily about contentment, basically in any circumstance, uh, perseverance through 
any circumstance. Would you say that? Yeah. I would also say it also is about sharing the gospel because of the surrounding context. So I think that this verse, Paul is saying, you know, we can persevere through difficulties in any circumstances that we're in. Uh, we can be content in any circumstance we're in. But the will of God is for me to share the gospel. And the will of God for all of us, as commanded in his word, is to share the gospel. And so we can also do those things through Christ, who strengthens us. Sure. Yeah. So, like, full context, right? All of this is written uh, from Paul's perspective. He is saying, right, he, he outlined, he said... Um, you know, I'm glad that you folks want to help me and supply my need. You were very helpful to me when I was there. I thank you for that. Not that I needed that, because I know that no matter what I face, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And then he continues on in his, you, but you're very helpful and you've helped me um, before. And you, you, I know that the only reason you haven't helped me recently is because you didn't have an opportunity to, yada, yada, yada. And he'll go on to close the the book this way and we can say that this applies to us not because paul says that here but because paul says imitate me as i imitate christ and so we see that this is a thing that that paul has done and says he he has and we can easily see how this is you know admirable to be imitated right um, and so yes his specific mission is to be uh you know I would say probably at least in the top 10 missionaries of all time. Probably more important than that. But um, this, is his, this is his mission, to go to all these churches and to do this. And in this mission, he's going to get beat up a lot. And he's going to get in prison a lot. Right. And like he's going to face those hardships. But there's also times where he stays with Lydia, someone who I'm sure lives in what for the time must have been a great house you know he they must have had plenty of food so he also is experiencing some of that too maybe rarer i don't know but it depends on where he's going and so he's saying in this journey like you said in my in sharing the gospel and doing what god's commanded me these circumstances will change and and i think our passage is saying there is always in life this variable and this constant and the variable is is what your situation looks like. What are my circumstances? So they that variable and in one lifetime, that variable can look drastically different at different times. Can right. like all the way up, all the way down, wherever you you know. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. It and look, it changes constantly. Right. It looks drastically different and changes constantly. And not just I, I'm kind of like leaning on the wealth thing here but not just that i mean we think about now like christmas time a lot of people think about you know relatives that they've lost and other hardships that they've gone through and so you think about even even these these hard things that sometimes happen in life this changes the circumstance right of our life and that and that's a variable that's going to go all over the place and we can't control that right right we trust that god's sovereign in that that god has his hand in that and he's working all things together for the good of those who love him right we are we trust that but the constant is always contentment. Yes. 
The constant is contentment. But you know, that's not very easy. I mean, let's just get down to the nitty gritty here. Okay. This... It is the application section of our podcast. ...is complicated. I think just as human beings, our minds just go directly to... If good things are happening, I must be viewed as good. If good things are happening to me, I must be doing something right. If bad things are happening to me, I must be doing something wrong. And so then contentment becomes really complicated because you're constantly thinking, well, I must be doing good or I must be doing wrong and I've got to, you know, fix that. When really life is just happening, you know, you're, it's just playing out. And sometimes, you know, the sin in our own lives, the sin in other lives, uh, sometimes just God's plan is, can be complicated and difficult for us. Um, And what we see on this side of heaven is not good. You know, it's not always good. It's hard. It's complicated. It's difficult. But You know, when we get to heaven and when we are in the presence of God, we will no longer have many of the issues that we have here or any of them. And so I think it's it's just a matter of what we're looking at. Do you know what I mean? Are we thinking, okay, this is this is happening to me and therefore I must be I must have fallen out of God's graces, you know, or. I must need to fix something, you know, and then you're just not content because you feel like you just need to fix something um, in order for the good stuff to be happening to you. So it's really complicated, this contentment. So something bad comes up, you know, something difficult, something hard with you, with your family, you know, anything. It's immediate, almost immediate drop in your contentment level yeah i think it's just it's hard to be content in difficult circumstances but paul is saying i can do all things can you read that verse again please i can do all things through him who strengthens me okay it says i love and and maybe you can help me out with this with the whole uh language thing but through is an important word to me in this verse because it's not with it's through it's through is important because that means that you are completely intertwined with christ so Mm -hmm. i can do all things through christ who strengthens me so he's strengthening me as we're doing these things that he's called us to do together right It's through him. We cannot do these things without him. It has to be through him who strengthens me. So that's important. Yeah. uh, And this might be an aside that I take out, but it might not be. I, I think that this is like a good moment, though, to think about taking this verse in the way that I think people that we've said people have taken it in the like the the offensive we might say side of i can actively do all things right and you know we can think about this idea of like okay well doesn't jesus say like you could say to this mountain be taken up and thrown into the sea and it will do it like 
Yet Jesus seems to say all these things about like, if you know, if you pray for this, it, it'll happen. You know, he, he he seems to say that we have some kind of agency there, some kind of ability there. So why does that not play? I can't be the only kid who was like, I should probably test this out just to see, because it doesn't. You can't. That's not how it works. As a child, I, I could not say to a mountain, get up, and it, and it got up. It didn't get up. But that's because we've misunderstood the, the requirement there. And we've thought, oh, Jesus is giving me license to, I don't know, telekinetically, you know, somehow magically move a mountain. That's not what he's saying. Jesus is saying, when we ask, when we ask for what seems monumental, something monumental and it's in God's will it will happen no matter how monumental the task is and this is also what Paul's saying Paul's saying I can be content through him because it's not Paul that has some kind of magical guru ability to be calm in every situation to be content in every situation that's not coming from him he doesn't have the power it can only be Christ who through him allows that contentment to, to flourish, allows God's peace to be with Paul, no matter where that that circumstance mm-hmm. dial is at the moment. And the strengthening comes, the strengthening to endure, the strengthening to pursue sure. or persevere, the strengthening to be content. Right. That's where that comes from. Yeah. But if you're not walking in lockstep with Christ... And you're just going through life trying to do your own thing, trying to gain more, be more, do more, you know, this American dream, this go, go, go. If that's if that's your goal, if that's all you think about and you're not walking in lockstep with Christ, you're not in his word, you're not caring about the things of Christ, you're not pursuing the things of Christ, you're not seeking out Uh, more time for prayer and being in the word seeking out opportunities to share the gospel uh, even seeking out the will of God and not just pursuing your own interests and your own dreams and your own desires that's not walking in lockstep with Christ so you won't be content right you will not persevere through the hardships of life you will be extremely downtrodden I mean and maybe not. Maybe you have all this wealth in the world, but there's there's an intense loneliness that might come with that. There's there's other issues that might come with that. Um, or nothing has happened to you in this life that would make you sad yet. Believe me, it's coming. But <laughs> every one of us like has one person. Every one of us eventually has some sorrow that touches us, and so. Um, but if I'm not walking walking in lockstep with Christ, then the strengthening does not come and that to me is scarier than the things that could happen to me it is scarier to for me to think of having to walk through these situations that i know are coming or have come in the past and i won't have christ to strengthen me that is devastating that's a devastating thought 
I don't know how people do it that don't have Christ, how they get through these really, really difficult circumstances. It's just terrifying to me. So I think that that's, that's a, a, a big roadblock for contentment is if you're not walking in lockstep with Christ, if you're not sure. in the word, having a relationship with him in prayer and seeking out his will on a regular basis, um, desiring to do his will on a regular basis. I, I don't think the strengthening comes. Hmm. And then you, then you have extreme discontent. Part of my problem is I think even that then doesn't that kind of make this lean towards this is a work of mine that my walking in lockstep with God has allowed God or encouraged God rather to strengthen me in this way. And I, I, I'm not saying that's what you're saying at all. I don't think that's what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, can I construe it that way? I'm sure can you can I say, construe it that way. Can I say that? And, and then I think that there's a lot of times where in God's grace and mercy to me that is undeserved, a lot of times, most times even I'll say, when I have the least amount of contentment, I am what seems like dragged back in a way that is beyond me to that focus, to that lockstep. Like without, I don't, I don't know that in that moment I would think, you know what? I got to recenter. I got to get back in the word. I got to get back in prayer. I got to, you know, I got to get back and recenter myself, but it almost feels like you're drag, you're like, you're dragged into that. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you that this is what will help strengthen. Mm -hmm. And this is what, you know, God uses principally his word as well as prayer and other saints around us to, to strengthen us for those hard times. But I think that also when I have a bad attitude, it doesn't stop him from, from dragging me back to that. Sure. But the point is he's, he's, he's dragging you back to that and so sure yeah that a lot of that is just the grace and mercy of god i mean your salvation alone is the grace and mercy of god agreed um so you wouldn't have any of this without christ you know without god's grace and mercy right but i do think there's also a part where we are involved i mean we are told to to work out our salvation and to um, work on, you know, sanctifi sanctification. Yeah. Becoming more like Christ. Um, so there's a piece that's ours. And we can't ignore that and just say, oh, we got to sit back and just wait for God to drag us back. No. We are responsible to be obedient to him. And in that is that strengthening. Yeah. There will be times where we just, you know are completely self-absorbed and discontent and and he does drag us back that's just his immense mercy and love for us and i'm extremely grateful for that too but i don't think we can just completely ignore our responsibility in this i agree yeah what i'm not trying to like imply is that we abandon ship because it's going down like well we might as well just just be like bitter right and like 
until God brings us back. That's not what I'm saying. And it's not important that we keep up these things. It absolutely is. And if you want help staying content, this is the blueprint. Stay trained up. Right. Don't slack on that because you're absolutely right. Walking in lockstep with Christ mm-hmm. is how we can maintain that. Right. What I'm saying is, or what I'm trying to like, what I'm trying to like dissipate is this fear of of not of losing that step and then losing the the hit the strength. Mm-hmm. I think that I I really do believe that it can happen. I I've seen people in life who have become completely bitter and are just. I don't. I don't feel that they've lost their salvation, um, because I don't. I don't believe that's possible. But I, I, they are bitter, and there is no contentment, and there hasn't been for years. And so I think you can. You know that can can be a result of not lock, walking in lockstep with Christ, not not spending time in the word and in prayer and in with other believers that are encouraging you, you know. And it's not that uh, that God is not sending other believers into your path to say, "Hey, you know, you can be more strengthened when you stay closer to Christ." And when you're concerned about his will and not yours, there's plenty of people saying this, but this discontentment has taken root. Yeah. And I'm not saying like that. So I'm going to go, I'm looking at this from the thousand foot perspective of my life. If I'm saved, Christ, God will deliver me from my own bitterness. It will happen. If I have to die to make that happen, that might be true. Right. If that has to, if that comes to the end, that comes to the end. Will I? Could I have absolutely lived a much better way and a much had a much better life and a like a life where I truly felt contentment and I could get there? Sure. It was my job. I made the bitterness. It was my. It was you know. It it's me that made that bitterness and that and that hardness to life it wasn't god that put it there and any relieving he did of that would would be a mercy to me right but i think that if if we're saved maybe it takes years but i think that god will bring like will bring us around and like i said that might not come until death but i promise you then it'll come Right. Oh, sure. We I mean, can't then, be standing then, in the presence of God with bitterness in our heart. And all of a sudden, I think, you, you know, you'll find that these things you were bitter about don't actually matter all that much. Because all of a sudden, you'll be like, what on earth was I bitter about? Like, why was I angry? I don't, like, but, but what I'm saying is, like, I think you're right in saying, listen, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It It is our job. Like, we need to get in there. It's not. Let's not be passive about this. When we can be active, when we can do mm-hmm. things to strengthen ourselves in Christ. And I'm saying, the more passive you are, the less strengthened you are. Oh sure, yeah. 
Well, anybody's like that. Sure. So, I mean, the more, that, and yeah. the more active you are, if you're not ready in your faith, yeah. the more strengthened you are right. in the circumstances of life and in your contentment. I think these. This is a, a definite yeah. prescription. So if we if we think about right, and we'll we'll take this like really easy, right? We think about in First Peter when Peter says, uh, the the enemy is is prowling around like a lion, right? Yeah. There's a huge difference between a guy who knows there's a lion in this grass <laughs> and a guy who does not know there's a lion in this grass. Yeah. They act very differently, and one of them is going to get eaten first. Right. Because he doesn't know. That there's a lion in this grass. Okay, so it's really about perseverance, yeah, contentment, Correct. and I'm going to add sharing the gospel. Okay, and so well, most of the Bible is about sharing the gospel, right? So yeah, that's yeah, kind of a Sunday school answer. So I agree. Excuse you. This is, I mean, Jesus, <laughs> because it's it's in there. You know I, what I mean? Fine. Before I and saying. after the context is saying. A little bit of ice of Jesus, but I see what you're saying. What? <laughs> Maybe we're shoehorning something in. Ah, but... oh, forget it. Take it out. <laughs> Anyways, it's not about being able mm -hmm. to just do whatever you want to do. Correct. It's about having the strength to persevere, to be content. And to do the will of God. It all falls under the umbrella of what is within the will of God. And if you don't care about what's in the will of God, that's a problem. And you're only caring about what you can do and what you can get and all of that. Contentment is really difficult in those circumstances. I agree. In all things. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think it's easy, but it's not easy at all. It's not easy. This is, you know, this is life is hard. Part of the good gifts that we are given. And I say you have to be walking in lockstep with Christ to even have the strength to do that, to be content. And I say they're free. And you say what? The gifts are free. The gifts are indeed free. But if you're not in Christ, if you're not walking in step with him, you're, you're not going to feel that strengthening. Probably. I don't know that I can say it definitively. I can say it probably. How can we do all things through Christ who strengthens us then? The through word there is a problem. I then. agree that it's always God doing it. I agree with you. I think that you're right. On, on our side of the line here... If we, what we have, what we ought to do is to walk in lockstep with Christ, is to do all that we can to stay in his, uh, will. Yes. To stay in his will, to stay in the word, to stay in prayer, to, to continue down that road, because that's going to put us in the best position possible to be content no matter what we're hit with. Mm -hmm. I entirely agree. So what would you say? are the three greatest blocks to contentment in your life. Name one, anything, that is a block to contentment in your life. Uh, the, probably the biggest one for me, of the ones I remember you mentioning, is fear. 
fear of just 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 fear what do you mean fear of i don't know just fear of life fear of trouble fear of people yeah all uh, about so uh, a combination of i i am not convinced that the the rest of my life is going to work out as well as the first part has so I so I am fearful of what those hardships look like for me. And so in that fear, I'm no longer content because I'm no longer trusting God that he has a plan and and he is going to work out his good will in my life, which ultimately is what I want, right? That's what I would have sent to saying I would love for him to do that. That's, you know, I I would say that truthfully. Um but at the same time, I think that fear of when we realize that this world is not good, that this world has many things that are painful and evil and unjust, then we can start to say, and that Christ, though he saved me, he saved my soul, and he changed my life, right? He, he allows me to live for him now, does not say Ever, that he's going to spare me of those things. Yeah, in this world you will have trouble. Right. In fact, he, he makes it clear that I'm gonna some of those things are gonna hit me. Hopefully not all of them, but some of them are definitely gonna hit me. And so I think that that and I think I'm an heir to think this way. I don't I don't think this is true. I don't think you, listener, person anybody, should think this way. But I think it can lead to us being fearful of what what that means for us, what those trials are going to mean for me, mm-hmm. for my family. And so that, that would make me fearful. And so that's that's a, a roadblock to contentment for you. Sure. Right? But how encouraging is it to know that even in those times, he's going to strengthen you? Right. You know, you're go- he's going to walk with you through those times and and give you encouragement surround you with people who love you who come to you to your aid you know because he's leading them to do so and just um just the fact that he's going to strengthen you through that that's huge that's a very encouraging thing he's going to give yeah. you the power really to to persevere through those things that you wouldn't have right. on your own yeah that's so encouraging Yes, and it, it is encouraging, and we ought to be able to face that. Will help us face those things. I yes, think. yeah, and walk through them. Um, so I would say my biggest roadblock to contentment is probably a desire for comfort. Um, just you know, a desire. You know, I've been through some hard things, and I'm getting tired. So. <laughs> I'm just, I'm thinking like this contentment, but what I'm really searching for when I'm doing that is heaven, you know, is, is being able to, uh, you know, have that comfort and that contentment in the presence of God. Um, but I'm, I'm wrongly searching for it in this world. So... Life is not going to ease up just because I'm tired, you know, and because I've been through some stuff. Um, it's this side of heaven is, is going to be difficult. And so, but again, 
this verse is encouraging to me because again, it's saying through the power of Christ, I will be strengthened even in those difficult times. And I can say over and over in hardships I have suffered throughout life, that has been so important. And I have leaned in so heavily to that, that I, I'm even at the point now where I would say, I, I would not want that to have not happened to me. That feels like a triple quadruple negative, but you know what I'm saying? I, I wouldn't choose for that not to have happened to me because of uh, how close it brought me to Christ in those moments and just uh, being able to recall back to those times. Wow, he got me through that. He strengthened me through that. There is no way I could have done that on my own. And, and here I stand still, you know, still uh, seeking the will of God, seeking you know, how can I, how can I walk closer with God? How can I become more like Christ? So even though I'm searching for this comfort, I know that in times past, it has brought me so much closer to God to not have the comfort. Right. Yeah. But I'm still seeking it. And every time I get sucked yeah. into that, well, that's I... But it's just yeah. discontentment. And I mean, I think that both of these things, whether it's uh, comfort or fear, the reason why it's it's there is is a is actually a correct intuition that there's something woefully wrong with the world that we live in. Right. There's something scary about the world. There's something uncomfortable about the world, and it ought to feel safe and comfortable. There's something in us that says it ought to feel that way. Because that's actually correct. That, that sin has marred the world in such a way that what, what should have been comfortable and safe is now terribly unsafe and terribly uncomfortable. Right. And so it's right that we long for that. Mm -hmm. But like everything else, it ought to be in perspective. We know that, that's, that we've been guaranteed that at the end. Right. As long, and so you know, if you are feeling safe and comfortable in this world... You probably That's need to a do a little self-examination yeah. because then you're, you belong to this world way more than you should. So the question we have okay, for our, our listeners, if there's anyone still out there holding on at this 59 point. 59 minutes and 52 seconds. Wow. Here's the question. Um, what keeps you from being content? Like, what seems to be your roadblock? Is What's the it, hang up? I'm going to give you three choices. Oh, okay. Is it your uh, desire you for comfort? Comfort. Is it your desire for importance? Do you want to be special? <laughs> and you don't feel people are saying you're special. That's when everyone's special. Nobody's no special. Or number three, is it fear? Fear of whatever. That's mine. So those are the, I would say, the top three. What what one are you? That's what we want Fear. to know from our listeners. I already know. You already answered. Yeah, you don't get say, to answer twice. It. Do you think you're special you or something? at me and say, <laughs> what one are you? You are special, Luke. You're my special son. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, anyway, we want to hear That's from our question. listeners. You can. And if there's something that doesn't fall into those three... Give us that, too. Whatever you want to say to us at any time, you can email the podcast at trainedupppod at gmail.com or comment on the YouTube videos. 
I don't think you can comment on Apple Podcasts. No. Um, so don't comment there because you can't. You can't. But uh, it would be great if you liked and subscribed to whatever you're listening on. Uh, and I think if you rate the podcast, it helps the podcast numbers. I don't want to be rated. I feel... I would like to be rated. I, okay. want, I want to know right. how many stars out of five that you give me. Because I would like I to base really my worth yeah. on the amount of stars uh, okay. that you give me. All right. So, Luke is suffering from a lack of self-worth here. So, if you could just give him some stars, maybe he'll feel better stars. about himself. Don't give himself. me pity stars. I don't know. I want real stars. Anyway, I have to say this. I have felt extremely blessed by people who have even personally texted or emailed um, some comments, some thoughts, some discussions that have come up from this podcast. Um, so I really appreciate that. I appreciate when people text or, or want to have discussions about it. In person, I've had many discussions with people about the podcast. so Which is great. And yeah, that's a real blessing to me. And I'll tell you what, it has made me think about some things, too, that I didn't think about during the podcast. So it's a real blessing in many ways. Well, good. Yeah. yeah. So, so just talk to us if you want to talk to us. That's, yeah, that's what we're Yeah, we're lonely. Saying. We need some people to talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> and Luke needs some stars. So next... Give him some stars. Don't give me any stars. <laughs> next week... So next... Or next... Not next week. Next time... Right, we we are going to attempt to release an episode on Christmas Day, and it's going to be our Christmas what? spectacular. Oh, spectacular! Spectacular! We're not, <laughs> we're not doing a specific passage. We're going to look at the entire Christmas story, and we're going to say, okay, what uh, what are just lies that we've all been told about Christmas about this story that uh, we're going to just throw out there, talk about, discuss. Uh, and maybe ruin your nativity scenes. So, <laughs> Breaking up the nativity scenes! Brace yourselves <laughs> for a broken nativity scene. That's all I'm going to say. That's going to be the title. Broken nativity. Broken nativity. <laughs> that's a beautiful title. I love it so much. Uh, yeah. So that's our plan. So I guess like read the Christmas story. I assume you're already going to be like in a Christmassy kind of mood when it comes out. Do so it. That's when. That's that's our plan moving forward. La 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 la. la.